Hey, Spotify, real quick, before we get started, please make sure to follow us right here on Spotify. You might have to click my name, Bob Enyart, to see the follow button. Greetings to the brightest audience in the country. Welcome to Bob and Yurt Live. I'm the pastor of Denver Bible Church. Twelve years ago, I interviewed the author at Newsweek of their cover story on homosexual marriage. Lisa Miller claimed in that article that the writers of the New Testament would support homosexual marriage. During this interview, some predictions were made. And so I thought it would be instructive to go back and find out if any of those predictions have come to pass. And there are certain things that happen in the interview that are so interesting. So before we even air it, I want to pull out one clip. It is when I ask Lisa Miller a question. I knew she wouldn't want to answer the question, and she didn't is why do we not allow a male coach in the girls' locker room? Why don't we allow that? And I was rather sure that Lisa Miller would not want to answer the question. In fact, a year later, back in 2009, I asked the same question of a homosexual activist, Wayne Besson. And you could hear that on our website, kgov.com slash homosexuality. Of course, the only reason we do not allow men in the girls' locker room or in the women's locker room, if some man coaches an adult women's sport, is because there is a sexual attraction between men and women. That's the only reason. We don't assume that every coach is a predator. We don't assume that. We, of course, give teenage girls privacy from men in the locker rooms, of course. And when you break down the boundary that God gave us for sexual behavior, you break down that boundary and you go outside of God making us male and female, you end up with an epidemic of not only tranny, but homosexual activity, and you rob society, you rob kids, you rob adults of social environments that are free from sexual tension. Formerly, generally speaking, a woman could go on a ladies' retreat without concern for prying eyes in close quarters. But homosexuality imposes sexual tension where there should be none. In the U.S. Navy, men living for months sometimes on a submarine. And should they be forced to live in close quarters with a man who is sexually attracted to them? Of course not. That's dehumanizing. It's depriving people of the most basic 
rights of privacy, which supposedly the left cares about. But before that, I want to air for you audio from yesterday from Donald Trump at his press conference. This is August 3rd, 2020, when, wow, did he speak like a strongman tyrant who heads up a socialist banana republic. Microsoft is indicating that they want to buy the Chinese-owned company TikTok because our government, rightly so, is complaining that China, the communist Chinese government, is spying on Americans through this very popular app, TikTok. So I'm thankful that Donald Trump and our State Department, Mike Pompeo, is saying that they're going to shut down this Chinese software here in the U.S. That's awesome. So Microsoft sees it's like a fire sale, going out of business sale. You get great prices. Well, the Chinese company that owns TikTok, they're going to be desperate because their U.S. user base will be worth zero. It'll go from many billions of dollars to zero by September 15th. And so Microsoft, like sharks in the water, they smell blood, and they are apparently offering to purchase TikTok. So here's what Donald Trump says. He says, we want a cut of that deal. I'm going to play you the audio in a moment. He says, we want a cut of that deal. Microsoft is going to pay whatever, let's say it was $50 billion. And we want a cut. He doesn't give the percent, but that's beside the point. Let's say it's 20% he wants. We, w- we want $10 billion of that purchase price. Well, by what right do you have? Remember Barack Obama said to business owners, you didn't build that? And how outraged conservatives were, conservative Christians? Like to a socialist, they think they own you and your business. They think they own it. And so let's listen to Donald Trump yesterday basically strong-arming Microsoft and being the socialist tyrant of a banana republic. On TikTok, you said that you wanted money for the U.S. Treasury from the sale. Does that mean you expect the Chinese company to pay the U.S. Treasury directly, or are you talking about... Either way, whether it's Microsoft or somebody else, or it was the Chinese, what, what the price is, the United States could, should get a very large percentage of that price because we're making it possible without us. You know, I use the expression, it's like uh, the landlord and the tenant. And without the lease, uh, the tenant doesn't have the value. Well, we're sort of in a certain way the lease. We make it possible to have this great success. TikTok's a tremendous success, but a big portion of it's in this country. From the sale directly. It would come from the sale, yeah. Whatever the number is, it would come from the sale. And then you mentioned... Which nobody else would be thinking about but me. But that's the way I think. And I think it's a... uh, I think it's very fair. Oh, boy. We've always known that the lack of morality in the Republican base would come home to roost. But wow, this fast? Tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. And you can find that on our website, kgov.com slash socialism. We've made it a permanent part of our main socialism webpage. When Donald Trump said, America will never be a socialist nation as long as I'm president, 
so tragic. He doesn't know that he is a socialist. He doesn't know that. But he's a populist. So really, he doesn't care. Whoever he could take money from and give it to the people, well, all the better. Doesn't matter if it violates God's enduring command, thou shall not steal. If you're violating God's enduring command, thou shall not murder. Why would anyone care about something like theft? Okay, so for today's topic, let's play this short clip to start with when I ask this Newsweek reporter, alleged journalist, Lisa Miller, when I ask her this question in the middle of our interview, why don't we allow a male coach in the girls' locker room? Why don't we allow... I've thought a lot about this question, Lisa. I hope I want to see what you think. Why don't we allow men in the girls' volleyball locker room in high school? Why don't we allow men? I mean, we should be open-minded, right, progressive. Why do we not allow men in the girls' locker room? This is, this is not a, a... It is. No, it's not a productive path. It, no, we're it is, because, about, because men... We're talking about people who love each other. Yeah, we're talking stop about the tape, two... stop the tape. So, not surprising. Same thing with Wayne Besson, homosexual activist, a year later. You could try this yourself at home. If you happen to be talking to a typical churchgoer who's defending homosexuality, which today is the norm. So you could try that question and see where that goes. And hopefully you'll have more success than we have had on the air, because on the air, those who promote homosexuality, they would avoid a question like that, like the plague. So we're going to go back 12 years ago now to 2008, and before the opening music started, I gave a pre-announcement to the interview. So we decided we would let you hear that also. So let's go back now in our time machine. Oh, wait, we don't believe in time machines. Okay, let's just go back in our archives. Hi, this is Bob Inyart. Lisa Miller wrote the most controversial cover story of Newsweek in December 2008, And we interviewed her and aired that interview on our broadcast program in Denver. But we ran out of time to air the whole thing. So in this program, we will re-air that interview. And joining us in about five minutes will be Lisa Miller in an attempt to defend the claim she made in her Newsweek article that the Bible authors would support homosexual marriage. It's quite an interview, very worthwhile Please, maybe you might want to tell a friend to listen to this at kgov.com. Greetings to the brightest audience in the country. I am Bob Enyard, the pastor of Denver Bible Church. The most popular Newsweek article of the last issue was the one on homosexual marriage, saying that the Bible really would support gay marriage. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. Of course, Barack Obama has caused a stir by asking Pastor Rick Warren to do the invocation at his inauguration. And that's pretty funny because the uproar from homosexuals is that Rick Warren is against gay marriage. And Obama said he's against gay marriage. And so did John McCain. Of course, they have both voted against the Federal Defense of Marriage Act. They both voted against that. John McCain Did you know that voted against that? 
So that's, uh, that's interesting. The United Nations is divided over a gay rights declaration. A group of countries from Europe got together and they sponsored this homosexual rights initiative. And a group of rival nations got together and adopted a rival statement saying no. And that's uh, largely Muslim countries and some Christian countries. And so we see that this issue of homosexuality is obviously at the core of the current culture war. And God made them male and female, Adam and Eve. And so we need to honor God and, and teach people homosexuality is wrong. So this here article by Lisa Miller, I'll go through a couple of the particulars. It's interesting. She says in the article... And I think it's a bit tricky what she does. Of course, you know, she she obviously has everything fact-checked. This is Newsweek. Millions of people read this stuff. And she she says this. She says that basically the Bible never condemns lesbianism. That is, sex between women. Well, she doesn't come right out and say it. She leads her readers to believe that because she quotes from the Anchor Bible Dictionary. And in doing so, the Anchor Bible Dictionary was wrong in what they reported. And in her research, it's clear she could figure this out. But they write that nowhere in the Bible do its authors refer to lesbianism, to sex between women. And, of course, that's not true. right? The New Testament clearly condemns lesbianism in, for example, Romans chapter 1. Now, Lisa Miller did not assert this on her own. She didn't assert this on her own. She, she quoted the Anchor Bible Dictionary. And she knew that Romans one twenty six speaks of women having sex with other women. She knew that. I mean, this is the topic of her article. She researched it very carefully. And so, you know, the Anchor Bible Dictionary, they've got thousands of entries. And whoever wrote the entry on homosexuality overlooked this passage that plays a significant part of Lisa Miller's article. And let me read this to you. Romans chapter 1, the Apostle Paul wrote to the Christians who were in Rome. In chapter 1, he writes... For this reason, that is for those who reject God as their creator, for this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. All right? For even their women. The Greek word there is for female. Even their females, even their women, exchanged the natural use for what is against nature, Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. So I think it shows bias, right? It shows bias that Lisa Miller, and I remember the liberals going nuts about George W. Bush because when our CIA and the Pentagon started having some doubts about whether Saddam Hussein had, you know, special equipment, rods for development of nuclear weapons. 
what Bush did and what he had Colin Powell do, the Secretary of State, was when he got to that point in their litany of charges that Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction, he said, and uh, British intelligence thinks that Saddam Hussein was buying these rods for a nuclear weapons program. And do you notice that trick? Instead of saying, now, our own intelligence now rejects this, they quoted someone that they believed was wrong. They knew it was wrong. So Lisa Miller takes the gloves off in this article. She's, she's fighting, and she is much of this is in her own voice and her own conclusions, her own research. So she could have said this on her own, but I think it's a, an example of bias. And then also, Lisa doesn't seem to realize that the New Testament has a standard for monogamy, right? And it'd be interesting to ask her about the New Testament standard against polygamy and for monogamy. Now, we here at Bob and Yurt Live, we've talked about polygamy over the years. In fact, I had a debate with uh, Leland Freeborn, who was in the L.A. Times this past week. He's a Mormon polygamist. Well, a fringe Mormon polygamist. And he and I debated polygamy and right from the Bible. And he's trying to argue that God would want us to be polygamous, because that's what he is. And he thinks the Bible says that, although the Mormon Bible, which includes all kinds of peculiar things like that the American Indians are, are Jewish, which they're not, even genetics shows that. And I had the opportunity to debate him, and after reading Lisa Miller's article, you would think that he would really have an easy job. Uh, Leland Freeborn, the polygamist quoted in the L.A. Times just this past week, and it was uh, fascinating to debate him on polygamy, and I hope you'll come to our website, kgov.com, and check out that debate between uh, me and Leland Freeborn. Okay, now, uh, we've been talking about the article on homosexual marriage, the Bible and gay marriage, Our Mutual Joy, by Lisa Miller in Newsweek, and uh, very popular. They rated their number one most popular article from the last issue, and more than 40,000 emails and letters coming in, although they say most of them are a result of the American Family Association. But I want to welcome Lisa Miller. Lisa, welcome to Bob Inert Live. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Lisa, I'm a conservative Christian, been on the air, 50,000-watt station for 17 years, five days a week. And I also pastor a Bible church, Denver Bible Church. And so you could surmise that I'm strongly in disagreement with your article. But I'd like to ask you about uh, something you, you report and ask you if maybe it's not evidence of your own bias. Uh, you, I think you know from your research, Lisa, that the Bible condemns lesbianism in the New Testament, yet you quote the Anchor Bible Dictionary, leading readers to believe that, quote, nowhere in the Bible do its authors refer to sex between women. What do you think of that? No, I don't. I think I think that's true. It's it's not. It's not. Nothing is is written in the Bible about sex. About, about sex between women. 
No. Well, I, Lisa, I know in your preparation, you carefully went through Romans chapter 1, Paul's mm -hmm. section, and he states in Romans 1, verse 26, and I'm using a New King James. It's the same in the King James and most all translations in any language for that matter. I studied the New Testament Greek for some years. He says, for this reason, God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men. So uh, certainly verse 26 says women exchange the natural use and likewise men exchange the natural use of the woman and they committed this this vile passion men with men. So that there that's traditionally been considered uh, a clear reference to lesbianism in that it's condemned in the New Testament. Would you agree with that? Well, I, you know, I I'm just going by what the Anchor Bible uh Anchor study Bible says, and also what other scholars have spoken to say. So, um, you know, I am not okay. a Bible scholar, and I don't speak um, like I don't speak Hebrew, I don't speak Greek. I I study this stuff very thoroughly, and um, this this was the conclusion that I came okay. to based on the scholars that I spoke to. Okay, if you have a chance in the future to comment, if that comes up, maybe you consider Romans one twenty six. Lisa, stop the tape. Stop the tape. By the way, two years after this interview, Lisa Miller spoke in New York City in the Empire State Building at the King's College. You might recall that college, the president was Dinesh D'Souza, and he was unceremoniously dismissed because it's a Christian college, and he was dating a woman who was not his wife, and he thought it was okay because they were going to get a divorce. So what a shame, the state of leadership, conservative Christian leadership in America. Well, Lisa Miller speaks there, and she is confronted by a student, very respectfully, of course, who challenges her and says, why in your Newsweek cover story on homosexual marriage why did you misrepresent the Bible and claim that it doesn't speak out against lesbianism? And she went to defend herself, saying, well, I was quoting from the Anchor Bible Dictionary. And the student, his name is Josh Craddock. He went on to graduate from Harvard Law School. And Josh Craddock challenges her and says, well, you had the primary source right in front of you, the Bible in Romans 1 that you quoted from. Why did you ignore that verse and quote from a secondary source that you knew was wrong? He just demolished her credibility with that one question. Tragically, the next day, the college issued a memorandum to all the students saying, and this is really, this is the Josh Craddock rule at the King's College now, sadly. The memo said, when we have a speaker on our campus, no student is allowed to challenge the speaker. Could you believe that? That's at a college? A Christian college? It's like they're dealing with third graders. How broken could Dinesh D'Souza be in wanting to affirm this leftist, perversion-promoting reporter 
to come up with an absurd restriction like that on college students. So now let's continue 12 years ago. In your preparation, did you come across the any New Testament standard against polygamy and for monogamy? Because, of course, the Old Testament is replete with God's people and even heroes of the faith practicing polygamy. Right. Well, the, I mean, the scholars I spoke to said that in the, in the first century when Jesus let, lived, polygamy was a norm, and that what both Jesus and Paul preached was specifically not to get divorced. Right. Um, he, they didn't talk about how many women you could marry. How many, um, how many wives, how many women you could marry. Right. Uh, but I'd they like did to... say that once you were married, what you shouldn't do is get divorced. And they were both very strong on that. Okay. Um, and and yeah, as against you divorce. well know, You're right. half Americans are divorced, and, 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 and Christians make up. Mm-hmm. You know, the American people, so divorce is, is as much of a problem in the Christian world as it is That's true. in the secular world. That's true. Lisa, I'd like to give you two examples of what I think is a standard against polygamy and for monogamy in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul, in First Timothy and in Titus, he uses the phrase, the husband of one wife. And it's in a list of qualifications. Uh, he says, don't be a drunkard, don't be violent, don't be greedy be the husband of one wife, and these are qualifications, what it means to be a leader. And what's interesting about the list is it's not like a dad or a mom, it's okay for them to be a drunkard or violent or a murderer, and only a pastor should not be those things. There's only one standard of goodness, only one. And in that standard, twice in the New Testament, and again, I'm with the New King James, King James, I can tell you what the Greek says, Paul gives in this list, you should be the husband of one wife. Now, this is a list of leaders, but the point is that leaders and kids and everybody should not be violent, shouldn't be a drunkard, shouldn't be greedy, and those who are married, you should be the husband of one wife. Did you consider that? Because... I find it really interesting that in a lot of the lists of, of, that Paul has of wicked, wickedness, adulterers, Stop the drunk. tape, stop the tape. By the way, she's not going to address that. She's going to change the topic because she argues that the New Testament is not against polygamy. And lo and behold, there are strong passages, including Jesus himself in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 19. But let's continue. Paul has a wicked, wickedness, adulterers, thieves, drunks, murderers. Um, that all of those people in America can get married. Um, so I'm not sure what that list does for us. Well, because in, Ameri- because, in, in, in American culture today, I'm really not. All right, because uh, homosexuality, God, remember Jesus, that was my second point for monogamy. Jesus said, as it was at the beginning, God made them male and female, and what God joins together, let not man put asunder, that idea. And so because God made us male and female, I mean, it'd be really weird if evolution were true and you had just men. You know, how would that work? And they have women. and But anyway, God made us male and female. Stop the and... tape. Stop the tape. That throwaway line is so powerful because the world's leading evolutionist, Darwinist, acknowledged that sexual reproduction is one of the hardest and unfathomable thing to explain from the perspective of mutation and natural selection. 
how in the world do you evolve sexual reproduction? And of course, there are tens of thousands of species that reproduce by sexual reproduction. And also, by the way, I debated the topic of polygamy with one of the world's probably most well-known polygamists, Leland Freeborn, a Mormon, and that's available also on our website, kgov.com slash polygamy. We're almost out of time. Let's hear a little bit more. How would that work? They have women. and But anyway, God made us male and female, and he instituted marriage. That's why it's wrong. You could be a criminal. You pay your debt to society. You repent, and then you get married. Then you have kids. The, the scholars I've, I've spoken to emphatically say nothing in the first century when the Bible was written, and here we may also have a disagreement. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I am with the biblical scholars who believe that the Bible was written by people over thousands of years, starting, you know, before the birth of Christ and ending after. Um, in other words, that but, it wasn't but, inspired by God. Stop well, the tape, stop the tape. Interestingly, Lisa Miller is going to leave the door open as to whether or not she believes there's a personal God who inspired the Bible. Wow, that's wild. We'll continue this, Lord willing, tomorrow. This is Bob Enyart, pastor of Denver Bible Church. If you live in Colorado, come on out and visit Sunday mornings. Also, our website, kgov, kgov.com. Hey, Spotify, thanks for listening. Make sure to visit our website, kgov kgov.com. Also, please make sure to subscribe to the program. If you've enjoyed this episode, go ahead and tell a friend about us or share the link. We'd really appreciate it. This is Bob Enyart for kgov.com. May God bless you.